opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everyone. I am Pinot Simeon, Sr., Chair of the Dorwood K. McDaniel Fund Committee, and I will introduce you to Committee Member Becky, excuse me, Betsy Grinovich. Welcome, everyone. I want to welcome each of you here to be introduced to our Derwood K. McDaniel Fund Committee, as well as the Leadership Fellows. It is great to have you here, and we hope that some of you will apply for the scholarships this coming year if you haven't done so in the past. Thank you. Okay, Donna, let's talk about the history. All right. So... The committee is named after Derwood K. McDaniel. He was, um, he's from our Oklahoma. He went to the Oklahoma School for the Blind. And he was extremely um, diligent in advocacy for the blind, incredibly involved in different things. He became a lawyer. Um, he also, one of the biggest thoughts he had was the more advocacy work we could do locally, statewide, and nationally, he felt like it would make things better for blind individuals and the way they live. Um, so um, the DKM um, committee, I'm getting lost here, okay. Um, it has um, two um, scholarship type things you can win. There's the J.P. Morgan Chase Fellow, and then there is your DKM First Timers Award. All right. Now, uh, the DKM First Timers Award uh, began in 1996 with six. Let me get my number right. 52 recipients to date. From that time on, we've had 52 recipients. Now, the J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow uh, Award began in 2016, and we've had 43 recipients to date. Um, all right, Kenneth, it's going to be handled. Hey, John, uh, because I have some hearing loss, I just want to clarify. Did you say 52 recipients for DK? I did. I did. 52. That, num that, that number actually is 62. Yes. Yeah, oh. So since 1996 to, to this day, we That's actually have bad. 62 uh, recipients for our DCAM First Timers Award. And we award two of those each year, you know, one from the east and one from the west of the Mississippi River. And then we honor five of our Leadership Fellows Awards uh, each year. And that's also provided that we continue to receive the funding from J.P. Morgan Chase. And since 2016, they've done it. So we do believe it's going to continue. Um, a little bit about, a little bit more about the history. Just wanted to say a little bit about how the DCAM First Timers Committee was started. I was hoping that we could have had Chris Gray here today because he was a part of that team uh, that started this award to honor Derrick K. May Daniel and uh, continue his legacy uh, and having others to follow his leadership abilities that he demonstrated so strongly. 
And so that's why we are moving forward since 1996 to identify uh, members in ACB who may want to uh, become uh, leaders in the future. And so these award programs are leadership development awards. So uh, some people believe that the DeCamp First Timers Award is just for you to be able to get your way paid to convention if you have never been. Uh, but it's more than that. These awards, we stress this every year, but we do have people that apply because they just want to get to the convention. But we want to make sure everybody understands ACB is in need of uh, leaders to continue to be developed for the future. And uh, so that's what our awards are about, getting you to convention if you've never been or if you've been before, and maybe you uh, want to uh, increase your leadership skills. Uh, there are sessions that we identify during our uh, ACB convention each year that you can attend and mingle with other leaders, including those who uh, would be a part of your class uh, to exchange ideas and information and learn from one another. Uh, so, so there, there are several things that we do. Even beyond that, we, if you once you get in a, one of our awards, you become a member of our Derrick K. McDaniel Leadership Select Honor Society, and we have induction cer ceremonies each year at our DCAM first timers reception. And uh, so that's been a good thing that we started a few years ago. We just want to make sure we keep everybody connected, and we always share information. Uh, resources that people can continue to build their leadership uh, skills even beyond the convention. So uh, we look forward to uh, sharing more information with you as you might have questions as we move along. So now we have a few of us here from our DCAM committee, and we'll ask Donna Browning to begin to introduce herself, uh, maybe how long you've been on the committee and what prompted you to want to serve on the committee. My name is Donna Browning. I'm from Alexandria, Virginia. been on the committee for a couple of years. Um, I um, received the J.P. Morgan Chase Award. Uh, I wanted to go for that award because my goals at the time were to um, move forward and be on some committees nationally. And I was really excited when I saw how the committee worked and what they went through to choose the recipients, uh, how much they get to know people. Uh, I was really excited for that. And I wanted to get back to the committee that gave me so much because it has been a door opener for me and I'm grateful for it. So Donna, so mention a few things that you've done since you've been, become a recipient, um, like in service in your affiliate or chapter. All right. Just say a few things that you've done. All right. So in my affiliate, um, I have, been vice president of my affiliate. Um, I've also been a chapter president. Um, I'm also on a couple other committees within ACB, the membership committee, the WALK committee. I also am on the uh, committee for um, the um, mentoring program. Um, all of them, I'm, I'm learning so much from them. And it's exciting to be on these committees because you get the opportunity to share ideas. You get to learn from people who've been leaders for a very long time. And if you are wanting to improve your leadership skills, which I've been wanting to do all this time uh, and have been doing as I've gone along, you get to do that with people who've done it for years and you get to learn skills from them and get ideas from them, uh, mentoring from them. It's It may be a lot of work on these committees, but it's 
such good work. It's and, and it makes you really feel good because you're doing something for a community that you belong to that gives so much and that we understand and we and we need that work. Thank you, Donna. Okay, Betsy Grinovich. I'm Betsy Grinovich. I'm from Georgia. I've been on this committee since 2012. I've never been a recipient, but I enjoy getting to know people and interviewing people. And the most exciting thing for me is hearing the names of those who've been chosen for the awards in past years, now involved in the leadership in ACB and various um, opportunities they've taken upon themselves to do. Did you want to mention anything that you've done uh, within the past few years that maybe uh, even with if it's in another affiliate or whatever, uh, things that you're involved with in ACB? In ACB, um, I'm involved with the American Council of Blind Lions as a secretary. And I also am now involved with the Alliance on Aging with Vision Loss. No position there yet, but who knows where that's heading. And on the state level, I have been past secretary for Georgia Council of the Blind. I've been on the finance and membership committees and numerous other ones. And I'm also involved in my uh, local Lions Club um, group as well as secretary. Great. And Betsy is also the secretary for our DCAM First Timers Committee. And she gets those minutes together each month. Uh, and we record our meetings. So she takes time to get that and put it in writing for us. And Donna Browning also hosts our DCAM committee calls each month and uh, and helping they both help in any other way that they can. Uh, we have subcommittees that they both work on. So we'll talk a little bit about that as we move forward. And uh, I'm the only other person here that I, I'm aware of for, from our committee today. And I'm the chair and uh, I joined the committee the year Betsy did, uh, 2012, and uh, became the chair in 2016. And uh, it's been fun. Uh, I was a DCAM first timer in 2010. Uh, back then, didn't understand all about what I know today, but it, it's been a good ride. I've learned so much, and we just continue to build the program and uh, make it more, uh, I would say, enhanced, I would say, to make sure our members get to participate and understand. So as you listen today, I hope that you, if you're a, a committed member to ACB to make things work and improve, uh, the things that we do, uh, consider our uh, committee service that, uh, and I'll talk a little bit my, more about those things that what we normally do uh, when people want, uh, show an interest to serve. Uh, everybody is not selected that may ask, but because one thing uh, Dan Spoon noticed that every year after we have some recipients um, enjoy the convention, uh, they I encourage them to read all the list of our ACB committees and determine where they may want to serve. And um, they normally want to serve on a DCAM first time as committee. But we do try to give them a year of exploration before they just jump on the committee because there's a lot to it. And it appears to be fun at times. And it is. As prestigious it is, but there's some work that has to be done. So we're looking for hard workers to join our committee. We actually could use three additional people. Um, and so we'll be uh, asking everyone to consider that. If you have some interest after you hear all the things that we do and you, you're ready to make a commitment, then you would write our president uh, to let her know that you're interested in serving and then from there, uh, she will let me know we will have a, and you and I will have a conversation, which I have an orientation guide that I've 
put together to tell you about, give you a quick overview of the main work that we do and how you would have to say, yes, I commit to all of those things. Some of those things are very important and we've had people to say, yes, I do that. But uh, sometimes once they get on the committee, uh, they're not as active as they said they would be. So we really are looking for people who may be really committed to making a difference in the lives of our members and ACB. So uh, in addition to uh, being a DCAM first time in 2010, since right after that time, I had become our second vice president in Texas. Then a year after that, I became the, the president of ACB of Texas and served in that position for six years and, uh, you know, did so many other things, serving on all the committees that we've had uh, or we have. And then I've, uh, I'd been a part of the ACB membership committee for some years in the past, and then the DCAM committee. Uh, then now I decided to run for the board in uh, 2021, and I've been on the board for a couple of years now. And my term ends this next year, so and I do plan on running again for, for my second term that I'm allowed to run for. Uh, other than that, uh, we just want to continue to let everybody know that we we're hoping that everyone who gets uh, who receives one of our awards will continue to to grow in within the organization and help out to make uh, things uh, work uh, best for all of us. So uh, and other Americans who are blind or visually impaired. So let's mention just a few other uh, committee members. Anthony Akamine from Hon Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, we have another meeting coming up on the 20th, which is a Wednesday. So if you want to tune in again, because you may hear some things then that you don't hear today, uh, uh, Anthony will be here with us then. We have Zelda Gebhardt, who is our uh, vice chair uh, from Edgeley, North Dakota. Uh, she wasn't able to be with us today, but she should be with us uh, on the 20th, we have Amanda Selm. Uh, Amanda's from Louisville, Kentucky, and hopefully she will be with us on the 20th. And uh, Amanda is a J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow from 2019. Anthony Akamine is a Leadership Fellow from 2017. Now we have Melanie Altsanohui from Phoenix, Arizona, that serves on our committee. And Melanie was a DCAM first-timer as a 19-year-old in 2005. And you, you've uh, seen, uh, you've heard these other these names I've mentioned before. They're serving in other affiliates and and doing great things uh, beyond the committee. So um, now we're going to talk about uh, what we do uh, on our committee, and uh, so to give you an idea of some of these things. So some of these things I'm going to mention from um, my orientation guide. And uh, just to make sure everybody knows that, um, you know, I'm going to ask uh, periodically, I'll ask Becky, Betsy and Donna to touch on the, the timeline. We have a timeline every month. Uh, we get some things done and uh, and we have a timeline that we can follow every year. Uh, our be the beginning of our year normally uh, for, opens for us in October. Now, we only meet eight months out of the 12 for the year. So. Right now, we're on a fall break, and that's for after convention. We have a wrap-up call in July, and then we are on fall break in August and September. And then we come back in October to present the updated um, timeline for the upcoming war award year. And then we have that first meeting just to paint a picture of what the next uh, award year will look like. 
And, and then we take a holiday break on in November and December. And that's because we meet on the fourth of Wednesday. And that's where Christmas and Thanksgiving has fallen right in that area. So we decide during those times, everybody should be with their family and friends. So we don't meet in November and December. But we do have an email list that we communicate on. So a number of times we just have to do some things through the list if, if we want to uh, make sure that everybody's on the same page. But uh, very rarely do we uh, plan to meet during those times. Okay. So um, I just want to mention a few little things here. Uh, I was going to come back to service requirements. That's something I'll come back to. Okay, so now we meet, uh, as I stated, we meet on the fourth Wednesday each month, and our meetings generally last for one hour. We began using the L10 format where it keeps you really uh, on schedule and your meetings can actually last one hour. And I believe, personally, I believe if you go too far beyond that hour, you're going to lose some people, especially since we're starting so late at night after Everybody's done so many other things during the day. So, but we encourage everybody to, to come in and just let focus for that one hour. And then we'll plan for the for communication by email and for that next meeting. And we do have, we've had members from uh, all different time zones. So that's why we have to start so late because uh, we want to include those from Hawaii and those from the Pacific uh, time zone. We work by subcommittees and uh, Donna Brown, if you can, Donna Browning, if you can look at the calendar where it shows those um, three mm -hmm. subcommittees uh, yes. and tell us a little bit about those, it'll be good right now. Okay. We have the con convention planning subcommittee. Um, uh, the um, subcommittee, this um, subcommittee, they develop the agenda for uh, our convention activities uh, and for the D campus timers um, and the JP Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows um, Awards um, activities. Um, then we have the education and uh, awareness subcommittee. So for this committee, um, it's about to educate the members and promote award uh, programs uh, to respond to questions about the awards and the process that we go through to um, give out those awards and to uh, put the list together of the people that will get them. Now, the um, interview and process um, enhancement subcommittee, this is the committee I'm on, for this one, we um, review and consider uh, necessary uh, revisions to the interview questions that we ask, uh, the interview process, and we consider um, revisions that may be necessary uh, to the guidelines and expectations uh, for the recipients. Um, among other um, committee processes. So these are our committees and uh, subcommittees and what they do. Thank you, Donna. So uh, Betsy, did you want to say anything about those subcommittees? 
You're not required to. Just thought I would offer an opportunity. No, that didn't really do anything this past year. Okay. All right. So um, now we uh, we those committees meet uh, in their own uh, time uh, when it's best for all their members to meet, other than our regular meetings. And they've done some pretty good work. And we've got some things done with the L10 format. I was telling you about the meeting format that keeps our our meeting going uh, and flowing. Uh, we have what we call rocks and milestones that we develop each quarter. And before that next quarter comes, we already have uh, miles, uh, I mean, excuse me, which the rocks are called are actually goals. And so we have rocks, but the milestones are things that we do to lead up to achieving our goal ultimately. And so we have a three month period to uh, make sure we continue to review what our goals are. And, and each month uh, on our scholarship and award steering committee within ACB, uh, Zelda and I serve on it now, and we all our awards committees um, give an update. Are we on track with our rocks? We give we do that on our committee meetings as well. Are we on track uh, each month? Because uh, setting those goals and having those milestones, you have dates within those things, so you know that something has to be completed by a certain date. You know it well in advance, and that's how our work becomes more effective. And so it's been pretty good since we've been doing that. And one thing that we is very important is for our committee members to be reminded that we all every year we need to renew our commitment to the work that we do. And uh, and, and it's just so important that everybody who joins this committee uh, knows that there is a strong commitment here to get some things done. And we're not just oh, we don't need people to be on the committee just to say they're on the committee. And uh, so we focus on confidentiality uh, with all the information, those interviews and all. They are the committee knows that we're not supposed to share those with anybody. Uh, we're not supposed to share details uh, that are confidential. And we we discuss that. And I'm, I bring that up every time when I'm talking to a new committee member to tell them how important it is to keep that information within the committee uh, about any of our applicants. So. Uh, to keep members informed, our committee members informed, I have a DCAM informer newsletter, uh, and I put it together, uh, you know, when it's necessary. There's, normally, it contains things that happen in between meetings and just to make sure that they know what's going on. And I, I'm really uh, big on succession planning, so everything we do is setting up this committee, the people who are on it, if they're going to remain even after I would leave, uh, we have some things that are put in place. Uh, to make sure that this committee can keep moving forward. So we have committee chair expectations or responsibilities. Uh, that's a document that was put together once I became chair in 2016. We have our uh, committee member responsibilities. Um, we, I asked the, the committee to review those periodically, and they will be receiving that before we have our October meeting, just for their review, uh, just to kind of like renew their commitment and understand and be reminded. Sometimes we have to be reminded of those things that we don't always readily remember. So otherwise, uh, beyond the DCAM Informer newsletter, keep committee members informed. I, I have, for the past few years, I've decided when I'm sending out information to our applicants, and because we communicate well before we uh, make selections, and so uh, the committee receives a carbon copy of every, every message that I send out to them so they can be aware if something was to ever happen to me, uh, the, uh, the vice chair and other committee members would know what has been done and how uh, they can continue just with the timeline that we have in place. So I always encourage every group or committee uh, to make sure that they have things in place to always think about who may serve after you 
and uh, make sure that others are informed so the committee can continue our group that you're a part of continue to move forward. So we began accepting online applications um, last year and that worked well. So we did it a second time this year. Uh, and we've also been able to help people who have had problems uh, filling out that uh, Google form. And we've also given them the opportunity to apply in writing if necessary. But otherwise, we would hope that everybody will be able to complete an application uh, online. And because all the information comes to us, it's, it's really good. It's better than having to receive a letter of application and uh, the letter of applications that we had before we went to the online application, uh, uh, any applicant had to write all about why they wanted to apply, why they feel like they should qualify for this award, and respond to a lot of details that are put in the article that's put out uh, in January and February. In January, in our Braille form, we will have our DCAM first-timers um, announcement that goes out, and it tells you all about the award, why you should consider applying, and uh, and I ask everybody to read those even after they've been uh, selected. There are some details in there that tells about what you will be required to do at convention and all that. We want everybody to be well informed so they get to know about some things in that, that announcement. But also we have guidelines and expectations we share with them that, that are in writing for each award uh, as they uh, apply. And uh, we also on the application, you have the opportunity to apply for both awards. If you've never attended an in-person convention, you can apply for the DCAM First Timers Award uh, and the uh, J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows Award. But I encourage people to consider the First Timers Award first because some people, we have two of our members who uh, in ACB who have been a DCAM First Timer and a J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow. And that is Becky Duncanson uh, from Iowa and Greg Lindbergh from Florida. Mm -hmm. So they've both been DCAM first-timers and a J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow. Uh, so uh, so we, take accept, we accept applications from January the 1st until April the 5th. And there's been times, um, you know, and most of the time applications come in toward the end. But we were glad to report this year that we, since we went online, I think we've been getting our applications in sooner. And the thing about it, you don't have to remember everything to write. We have questions in that application that helps you to be guided about what you really should share. When everybody was writing their letter of application, there was always something they left out and they would come back to us later. Hey, can can you update my letter? And we would have to just tell them, no, we can't update the letter. But when you have your interview, that gives you another opportunity to share with the committee about something you really want to make them aware of. And, it's, and because it's on a recorded interview, Every committee member gets to hear those interviews. Um, and in the past, before we started doing interviews, our meetings were much longer because every interview team had to come back to the whole group and tell us about how the interview went and all that. So now they everybody has opportunity to um, listen to those interviews and every committee member scores uh, the applicants from that interview and from their uh, application, the, the things that they are involved in, things like that. Um, and that uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that down the line. But the uh, interview questions are designed and they're, they're, they're scored by points, certain points that go up to 100 points. So each committee member is able to uh, score that applicant. And we have our award determination meeting in April and the latter part of April during our monthly meeting. 
And uh, we come in and it's a great time. It's much quicker these days because everybody's come to the call with their scores already. And so I'll tell you more about that a little bit later. So what we have to be prepared to do, committee members have what you would be agreeing to if you ever decided to serve is be prepared to review applications that come in. And one year we had 40, oh God, I forgot the number, but it turned out to be 98 letters that we had to read when we had uh, half of them were the letters of application. The others were the letters of recommendation at an affiliate, a president, whether it be a state or special interest affiliate president writing a letter of recommendation. That is still something that must be submitted by the affiliate president after that application has been completed by the applicant. Now, when it comes time to make decisions on award recipients, if one or the other hasn't been done, there's been times when the letter of recommendation came in, but there was no application uh, for from the applicant. So that application would be dismissed. So, and if you get the letter of application in, but your affiliate president doesn't submit uh, that letter of recommendation, your application is dismissed. And so, but we, we try to help everybody. And I have prepared another thing we have in place. We have an affiliate president's reference guide, and it, it tells them all about the program, uh, tells them how they can identify members within their uh, affiliates that you may want to recommend to apply for the award. We let them know that they can even apply for one of our awards as an affiliate president. And so some might say, well, if they're the president, how would they do you allow them to write their own letter of recommendation? No, we ask them to go to the immediate past president to write their letter. And if that person is no longer available, then they can go to the first vice president to write their letter for them. And if somehow that person is not available to do it or don't choose to do it, then they can go to the second vice president, but it normally hasn't gone too far. Normally we've had the immediate past president or the first vice president to write a letter for an affiliate president that wanted to apply. And uh, so, but it's always good when we get those two. And normally they would apply, if they've, especially if they've been to a convention before, they would apply for a leadership fellows award. That award is really in place, uh, even if you've been to a convention before, but maybe you were in leadership, you took a break for a while, maybe you had to do some caregiving for a family member or a friend. And then later on, or you were working a lot and then you retired, you may want to get back into leadership. So you want to uh, apply for one of the leadership development awards and get to go back to convention and learn some things that are happening now. And then you, uh, you that's a benefit for applying for that award because you can still go. Previously, we only had the first timers award. That meant if you weren't a first timer, you could never get an award from this committee. But that's been working well, and people are uh, highly honored about uh, being a J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow. Okay, now guidelines and expectations. I mentioned that they're in detail about so every recipient should know the things that they will be required to do. One of the things that they are expected to do is attend all of the leadership development sessions that are given to them. And that's given to them in what we call a schedule of events. Those are recommended. Uh, no, that's not recommended. They're required sessions. But within that document, you may see a few uh, that are recommended because they were uh, really good. But we want to also allow time for them to attend other sessions that they might choose to or even go on tours that when they find it uh, uh, good for them. 
Now, those applicant interviews that we talked about, they take place in mid-April every year. So everyone, when they apply, they know this is going to take place in mid-April. Uh, by the month of October, when our committee meets again, they will have our uh, timeline. And we already know we'll know the exact dates that we'll be having interviews. And by March, uh, our committee, when, our meet, when we meet in March, our committee members will report during that meeting uh, if they're not going to be available any of those dates. But when someone uh, first joins, and I have to remind our members that are on the committee that we really do need you to commit to being there during that week. Uh, it gets very busy during the interview week, and it's not good when we uh, we don't want just one person to interview. We want a team to interview someone, and it, it's good. It just works better when it's done that way. So we normally, depending on how many uh, applicants we have, that determines on how many interview teams we will have. And uh, and then w once we get that all going, uh, then we all set and we put out the notice about the actual date. Uh, the chair lets all the recipients know uh, the date of their uh, our applicants know the date of their interviews, the time and all that. They can receive all the Zoom information. But at the same time, the interview team that they're going to be working with gets a carbon copy so they can be begin communication even before the interview to ask any questions they may want to ask. Now, some people have said, could you send me the interview questions? Now, that's something we don't do. We really don't. We want you to be prepared. We let you know. I give some some highlights, a few highlights about some things that uh, what the, I ask you to review uh, that uh, the uh, article that's put in the Braille form and the e-form for leadership fellows in February to make sure that that tells you a lot of things that are uh, a lot of times questions can come from that. But most of the things during the interview process, we give you a chance. We ask quest interview questions. Then we say a, a few other things that we feel are, are important for you to know. And then we give you a chance uh, and we give the applicant a chance to ask us questions or whoever the interview team is, uh, if, they, if there's still something that was, they didn't feel was answered for them personally. And most of the time, when there's a question for one, uh, another person has had that question before. So the team is ready to answer. But they do know if there's ever a question, because we never know what might come up uh, that they can't respond to, then they just, they're instructed to refer that person to the chair of the committee. So it normally works pretty well. Okay. Now we have our selection of recipients. Uh, on that fourth Wednesday, um, and we notify everyone, at least the chair will notify everyone uh, who has become a DCAM first-timer. Mostly it's happening that next day. Uh, and then we actually have all the the, the letters of, uh, excuse me, the Applicants for Leadership Fellows Awards. Those are not, those decisions are not made by us, but when we interview them and they're scored, we send uh, the president and the executive director of ACB, a list of what we call the top 10 applicants. And they are in order from the highest score to the lowest score. And uh, they look at all of those and they will choose five recipients for this particular year. Commonly, uh, with our last few presidents and executive director, uh, we have had the top five being selected. There are times when they probably they felt good best. It was best to go to number six. That person might have been from a different state, had ne never had anyone from that state, and it would be good to include that person. Uh, but they have their own reasons, and they make those decisions. So, uh, but we do the work about um, accepting the applications, interviewing, and selecting uh, 
those who should be in the top 10 for Leadership Fellows Awards. And then we've gotten the president and the executive director to, to notify those recipients uh, that they've been selected. Then they let me know that those that's been done. And then I sent out a congratulatory message to each one of them, including our committee, uh, so that they can also reply to all and uh, congratulate them as well. And uh, most of our committee members have taken the time to also uh, be in contact with those people uh, once they're selected and encourage them along the way. But we also choose a mentor from our committee for each award recipient uh, so they can begin to have a go-to person to answer questions they may have. And as chair, I always follow up and just check in with them to make sure uh, everything's being responded to appropriately and, and ask them, do they have any other questions? Now, uh, can you give us a time check, uh, Cindy? Hello? It's 2.37 Eastern. Okay, great. Okay. Okay, so we have a Planning for Success informational meeting that takes place uh, shortly after uh, the recipients have been chosen. And that that meeting is on the sale on the second Monday of May, and we try to do that because it's right before pre-registration begins. And we want them to know when they're registering uh, what they have to do. But Janet Dickerman, our convention coordinator, joins us for that meeting in order to uh, help them to answer questions. But she also shares some recommended sessions that they may want to consider or other things that she might want to share with them. Janet sets up all of their hotel room uh, nights and all and talks to them about all of that. Uh, Probably it's paid for by ACB. And uh, then we have uh, one of our uh, staff members from the ACB financial office to work with them at scheduling their uh, transportation to and from the convention. And so we won't go into all the details about the specifics about the award this time, but we, because what we're wanting everybody to know is the work that our committee does. And then other things will follow. Uh, Kenneth, I'm sorry. I was muted. I thought I had unmuted myself. <laughs> You okay. still have seven minutes Very until good. it's okay. quarter of. Yeah. Yes, everybody. At, at, at a quarter of, we're going to have, we're going to open up for questions uh, for from you. Uh, so now we have, we have uh, so many sessions that uh, we've, we work to identify from our leadership, Borough College Leadership Institute Training Committee. They have something at convention every time. This year, we, we had some good workshops that was presented by ACB Next Generation. Um, Anything that could help one of our applicants to be our recipients to be a good leader, uh, we look for those sessions that are put on by other committees, uh, affiliates, uh, whatever it may be, to make sure that they get the best uh, out of the convention. Uh, and during the convention, each one of our award groups have uh, their own reception. Uh, we've had the meet and greet for those this year. We commonly didn't have a meet and greet for the first timers, but we felt it was necessary this time. And so we did a meet and greet uh, that was separate from uh, prior to convention and separate from anything else, just to be able to make sure that everybody were able to kind of like talk about uh, maybe getting to know one another, first of all, and then ask some questions that maybe they feel like uh, weren't answered out of all the other communication uh, that was done. So the door is always open for them to reach out to um, their mentor or the chair 
uh, to have any questions. Somehow people put off and even after convention, they have a question they wish they would have asked. So we we always tell them, please don't hold off. Ask a question. Don't think it's a stupid question, because if you ask it, somebody else may want uh to know that answer too. So that's a good thing about the meeting group when we meet and they end up planning for success informational meeting, they get to ask questions and, uh, and get some answers before it's too late. During the convention, we have various convention activities, mostly um, things that they have to attend, but uh, we also mainly have our receptions uh, that are, are very uh, what the, I'll say the leadership fellows reception is is private only for those recipients. We invite our uh, leaders uh, from ACB to come in and speak, and we have a program uh, if, and have them to also say certain things that they may not have shared with one another. And normally that time for an hour and fifteen minutes really goes by pretty fast. But we have re refreshments at our re uh, receptions and uh, just a good time to mingle and uh, just learn some things at the same time. We always have a leadership segment uh, where there's a conversation on leadership during our leadership fellows reception, and it's a big program for our DKM first timers. That's a bigger, well attended event. Uh, we have a lot of leaders that have attended for for years just to meet those new people, but we have a lot of former recipients attending that, that reception as well. Okay, so I think I'm going to go ahead and stop. There are some things I would want to say about other things about joining the committee, but I will leave that alone for now and hope, hopefully everybody will join back in on the 20th when we can share more. So please give those instructions necessary for people to Raise their hand. Okay. Yeah, because you do have three minutes, but um, you don't have anybody with any hands up yet. Well, let's make sure that they know that they can. If you have any questions, uh, we want to hear from you. If you want to, especially if you're interested in serving, if there's anything that came up, came to your mind uh, that wasn't mentioned, and check with Clubhouse, too. Yeah, well, he will raise his hand. Okay. Uh, you know what not to do. Okay, okay, and we have an Anthony on here, Kenneth, but I don't know if yeah. it's Ackerman or who it, which Anthony. Yeah, it may be Anthony. So let's check and see if Anthony may, if that's Anthony Akamini. And if Anthony, if you want to say anything as a committee member, you can. Okay, I can ask, yeah, it's Anthony, but am I clear right now? Yes, yes you are. Okay. okay, I got you, Anthony. I'm going to put an X by your name. All righty. But yeah, All right, I'm here. we got gotcha. you. <laughs> Thank you. Anthony, would you want to tell them, uh, we introduced you earlier, telling that you were a J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow in 2017, and you've been a committee member uh, for several years. I think you came on the year after or something. Uh, did you want to say anything that you've done, maybe accomplished since you were selected and, and uh, the, how you may have enjoyed serving on the committee? Yeah, sure. So for myself, I've actually, um, in addition to serving on the committee, I have really, truly enjoyed um, I mentoring. So I've, I've, I've taken a lot of different leadership opportunities 
you know, in my state and local affiliate to mentor others, as well as being a part of the um, ACB mentoring um, program. I was a part of a pilot program, you know, in, in order to um, continuously sharpen your skills. And, you know, one of the things that I really, truly enjoyed about this um, committee was the fact that you're able to connect and meet new upcoming leaders, but not only that, resource them um, and help build relationships um, that, you know, they can get um, connected. And that's one of the big things is to resource, connect and equip. And this com committee has so many great opportunities. It's a lot of hard work, a lot of work. We definitely do a lot of work, but um, when you work together as a team, that that's totally um it's an awesome thing thanks anthony okay do we have anyone that has a question or comment raise your hand please mm -hmm. i bet you everybody that's actually tuning in on acb media wish they had joined in by zoom to raise their hand oh a lot of times kenneth they'll pop over yes yes mm -hmm. yeah I've done that myself. Yeah. So I have. Okay, too. <laughs> so, yeah. So we well, I'll go into we have more time. So I'll go into talking about service requirements. If you are interested in serving on the committee, uh, we are our new president is wanting uh, committees to uh, let everybody know about what we're doing. And we, we are also been we have been encouraged to come up with some uh, details about, you know, qualities that a member needs to. I have in order to serve on the committee. So uh, what I'm going to share with you today is some basics that I've uh, started uh, uh, developing to be able to make sure that that happens, because there's going to be a time in the future when to serve on the committee, you'll be applying by an application. And that's what our new president wants to do. And what it, what it would help with is on that application, it will have uh, areas where you can serve, uh, I mean, share your skills and abilities and she can uh, best know, or even in the f a future president would know, uh, maybe where you fit best. And that's what we want, what we want you to do. Not just join a committee just to say you're on it, but consider serving on a committee where you feel like you can offer um, something to make it work, make the, the work of that committee succeed. And uh, it's so important that we share what we know, our knowledge and abilities uh, there are certain things we all been, have been given some type of gift of talent that we could share uh, to make things work. But I encourage everybody to even go to acb.org forward slash committees and look at all those committees there. And uh, and if they don't have a good description there about their, their work, there is contact information there for you to contact the chair and uh, ask questions about their committee if those things if you're interested in any of those so check those out not don't just consider one committee but consider all of them before you make uh, a decision and try your best to serve uh, get on a committee where you know you're going to serve well and you'll be you'll feel good about offering what you uh what you have to share in in the area of uh, abilities and skills so okay so herbie go we got I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, you have two hands, and it looks like we have somebody in Clubhouse. Go ahead, Herbie. Patty Fletcher. Patty? Hi, I'm sorry. Um, I keep getting texts from somebody. Anyway, um, 
So you mentioned another call coming up. Would you prefer that people wait to apply to serve on a committee or on a DMK committee until after that call because you're going to cover more material? Or is it well, okay to... Yeah, we we uh will cover more. I don't. I can't say we're gonna cover more on the twentieth. It should be pretty much a repeat. But there's always something oh, okay. that, that happens different on calls. Yeah, we're gonna have the same material being shared. But I guarantee you, something's gonna be said. Are we gonna think of something? Well, because there's so much to the work that we do. So we wouldn't want to hinder anybody from writing the president to let them know that they're inter interested. But once you do that, then then a call will be scheduled with me to talk about things that you, these service requirements that I was about to kind of go through. Uh, but okay. yeah, we can do that at the time. No, I just if, when didn't it, when, yeah. want, I didn't want to waste anyone's time if there was going to be material specific to the process. That's all I was asking. Yeah. Cause I can't yes. imagine how much is already being generated by this. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah, so if somebody, if you feel that anyone feels like they are, from what was said today, they really connect with and they feel like they would be a good fit for this committee, I would say don't delay to write uh, our ACB president uh, uh, in order to uh, let her know that you have interest in serving. Okay. Thank you so okay. much. You're welcome. Okay. Terry, go ahead and unmute. Thank you. Um, are there time limits for how long someone can be on a committee? Not really, uh, not at this time, but our president uh, is really talking about that. Uh, we have had committees where we have people on for 10 and 15, uh, even 20 years, and she feels like it's important that we uh, give them an opportunity probably to serve in a different area and allow someone else to serve in that particular area. So, and because of that, and uh, the length of time that even I've been on this committee, uh, the thought has been that maybe maybe time for me to move on. But we have to have someone that's in place that's ready to take on and be willing to do all the work that it takes to get the job done. Well, that def definitely is a consideration. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. And Thank heaven you. knows you do enough work for 10 people. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, that's it right now. Okay. All you right. also so, have 10 minutes. Okay. All okay. right. So the first thing I'll, I'll mention about serving is we're looking at some of the things I'm writing now is technical skills. In these recent years, especially this year, since we've moved to an online application, uh, there are some skills needed to actually review those things. And some people have had to have it in a, uh, put in a special format for them. Uh, so we have to consider that. We ask everybody to, you know, have some type of computer skills. Uh, where you could navigate like those applications. Uh, you can, some people don't have Microsoft Word. We may have a document or a PDF file uh, that you want to be able to open. Uh, some of those things that uh, you just need to have some type of computer skills because we also use a Dropbox for like documents, uh, interview recordings. We put that in there so every committee uh, member can go to that file, to that folder and everything. And, uh, some people don't prefer Dropbox. We've even used OneDrive. Uh, if we want to give, in the future, we're going to be trying to give everybody what works best for them. So well, we need you to uh, have some uh, way to, to navigate those platforms. Um, and it's also, 
And we also have like a time we have Excel documents that you're not required to use, but in the future it may come. So I encourage everybody to uh, be able to at least not, you don't have to create an Excel spreadsheet, but you may have to review some information within that uh, and our Word document because most of us are using Word. Now, some people, uh, they're into like Google Docs and things like that. Uh, Maybe that would change in the future. That may come. So I'd, I'd encourage everybody to even become familiar with some of that in case it does happen. Since we are using the Google form, a number of things are connected with that. Uh, the spreadsheet uh, uh, that uh, Google has uh, as well it may not be Excel. It may be their form, their spreadsheet. Now, we also want the person that serves on the committee to be able to really be uh, to display uh Honesty and integrity, uh, fairness uh, as you work with uh, our, uh, our applicants and recipients. Also, uh, it, it also involves uh, professionalism and keeping things confidential. And sometimes we have to let people know about confidentiality, but some of these things are common sense. If you know that there's something personal about someone, you should know automatically that you should keep it within the committee. It's not about uh, sharing those details with other people, even from their interview, whatever it may be, that is only for committee use. It should never be forwarded outside of the committee. It never should be shared outside of the committee. And uh, so when people have specific questions, even applicants have specific questions uh, at times. And we certain things we're just not going to share about somebody else with with someone, you know, uh, because it's really not relevant. We want to make sure that everybody understands that ahead of time. There are times when you need to use like your critical thinking skills to help make fair decisions. Uh, it's important that you have uh, really fairness in your decision-making uh, process that you use. We are are not going to think exactly alike, but we also have to recognize the fact that we need to be on the same page and look at the bigger goal uh, that it's all about ACB. It's not just about us individually uh, trying to do the best thing that we can do things in the best way that we, we can do it. Okay. Okay, we talk about okay commitment to complete all the assignments that you might accept. Hey, I encourage everybody, don't even take on assignment if you know you're not going to be able to do it. If you know you're busy, it's so important for you to consider your work-life balance. A number of us are involved in a lot of things, but the more, uh, I would say, the more organized you are, the better you can uh, achieve all those things. But try not to take on too much uh, once you make a commitment uh, we really need you to keep your word uh, when you commit to, especially that interview week that we go through uh, and discussion, the meetings we have. If a person doesn't attend committee meetings, they may not be on this committee long because there's too many things that are discussed during those times that we really need you to know about and really uh, respond to. Uh, one one important, since I just thought of the word respond, it's so important that when messages are going out, email, uh, communication, sometimes we communicate by text or even phone. Uh, it's so important that you would reply to a voicemail or email. And uh, one last thing I'll say is writing skills are 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 good to have. It's not required, but I always want to try to get some of our committee members to like to even take an assignment of, of, of posting notices out about things that we want to get to our membership. I've been doing, I've been doing most of that 
But write, good writing skills could help you. And the more you connect it with, with what the committee does, you could write a message that would get the point across that we really want everybody to understand. We have to consider that it should be written in a way where everybody could have minimal questions about it, you know. And so it's not required, but it's something that I sure encourage that people would begin to, uh, you know, develop writing skills if they haven't done so. Uh, there are other things, but it's all about working together, getting along with one another, treating one another, even on the committee, fairly as we work together and understand that we come from different backgrounds and we may not always see things the same way, but we need to meet in the middle uh, to make things work for our for progress to, to continue. So I am going to stop now. Do we have any other hands before we would close today? Not yet, but let's wait. Committee see. members, do you, do you have any last thoughts, committee members? Okay. All right. Well, thank you all for joining in today. And uh, you can always uh, reach out to us. Uh, oh, wait, hold up. Vic, uh, Betsy. Call her Vicky. Betsy, go ahead. Yeah, I think it would be good if you can guess about how many hours they would have to commit to the interview week. Just oh, an average year. How many yeah. they have to commit totally. Yeah. This depends on the number. I understand but interviews, you know, how long they take. and Yeah. Well, that's kind of hard because week. the it really depends on how many applicants we have. There's mm -hmm. been times we've had under 20 applicants, so that may, you could automatically know it may only require two or three nights of interviews, So, especially if we have more than one team, so it would really not require much time. But the more applicants we have, the more we can all expect to, to say we're going to have more hours of commitment. But if you like, like some people have a Wednesday night church night. Uh, if you can't be there, we understand that. You know, we're not going to yep. say you just you have to let go of that. Do, but yep. we just need to know in advance. Uh, but it would be hard for me to say a specific amount of hours or anything because it really depends. Every year it's different on uh, how many applicants we have and actually how many committee members we have ready to do the work that needs to be done. When you first come on the committee, we try to get you to tune in to an interview before you actually. Uh, Administer yeah. one. Yeah. Give you and an opportunity. That, to, and it's not just the interviews that take time. You've also got to consider um, when we're getting all the letters and, you know, all the applications and the mm -hmm. uh, reference letters, all of that we've got to read too. And the more people we get that apply, the more you've got to read. And it's not that you're not just reading it. You've got to analyze it. You've got to really focus on it to get out of it so that we are able to pair the right people with the right award and make sure that we get the ones that are best at that time with, with the people that have applied for those particular awards. And uh, that it's draining. I guess I was trying to get you to say each interview is 30 minutes. So they could guess. Oh, that's good, Betsy. Yeah, I'm glad you yes, said that's that. That's what each I was trying to get it to come from you as chair. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I, I, I didn't get it. But yeah. I, yeah. So yeah, each interview is 30 minutes. Uh, and it, sometimes it's less than that. If people answer the questions faster, hey, that's more time for maybe discussion. Or sometimes those interviewed have interviews have ended in 20 minutes, but it is a 30 minute interview. But I will tell you all those details are in the announcement that comes out in January uh, for the DCAM first timers and February for the uh, leadership fellows. 
And the reason why we wait until February to put out that uh, article for leadership fellows, because by then we will know whether J.P. Morgan Chase is going to give us the funding for that particular year. They don't know, notify us in January. So that's why we want to wait until February for that one to be put out. Uh, Kenneth, yeah. sorry to interrupt, okay. but it is top of the hour. And my guess is Herbie's okay. going to cut us off clubhouse. OK. All right. Thank sorry. you all for joining in today. OK. And sorry we look forward that. to you joining in on the on Wednesday, the 20th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Good job, Kenneth. Sorry thank to you. cut you off. No problem. But okay, I don't thank get you all. fired. No. <laughs> okay, well, job. thanks again for hosting. And uh, Herbie, thank you so much. Uh, and any behind-the-scenes workers, I uh, thank you for joining in and helping us out. Okay, take care.